welcome to episode 17 of the Ultra Ordinary Running Podcast. We are ordinary runners embarking on a journey to our first 100-mile ultra marathon together at Hobbling 100 in October 2016, which is just about four months away. I am Christina and always joined by the ever-inspiring Melissa and Angela. Hi, ladies. Hi, Christina. Hi, Angela. Hi, Christina. You I'm are Melissa. you are Colorado's finest. <laughs> well, this is, this is true. <laughs> Talking to California's <laughs> finest. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, Melissa has um, completed a fifty-mile race, the North Fork Fifty, and it also has a fifty k as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you did the fifty-miler, so. Let's just go ahead and, you know, we're going to go ahead and talk about this race because I know it was one that you were looking forward to. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> as much as anyone can I'm look t- forward to running 50 miles. <laughs> okay, so to- my did- new- oh, what was that? Oh, no, carry on your thought. I was just saying, uh, we were, when we're getting ready to leave for the race my neighbor i was just chatting my neighbor i said oh yeah i'm running 50 miles a 50 mile race and she said 15 i said no 50 and she was like 50 what? <laughs> <laughs> right so why did you decide this race ah uh, well actually you know um i did have some very specific reasons why i wanted to run this race and i was thinking about some of our conversations, either we've had on air or just as we were chatting about why we run ultras or, you know, really thinking about why we choose the races we do. And so this race, um, I, I started looking around for a, a 50 mile race right after I finished the Bear Chase 50 miler in September. And I came across a North Fork 50 and I really wanted to do it because First of all, logistically, it kind of fit well with my schedule. It was right after the semester ended for both me and Will. So we were going to be, I wasn't going to be teaching at the time. Will was going to be done with school. So we wouldn't have to pull him out of school to go there. Um, It was that kind of a good time. But also, um, you know, I've done the 50 mile distance three times before North Fork 50. And... I, the first time it was at this perfectly flat rails to trails path called the Frisco Railroad Run. And then the, the next two times are at the Bear Chase 50, which is here in Colorado. But it's a pretty smooth, easy trail. It's got, what, like 4,500 feet of elevation gain. Um, and like the Bear Chase one did? Yeah, the Bear Chase one. Oh. And it was, I mean, it was kind of like in a suburb of Denver. Like one of the selling points of the race is from the top of Mount Carbon, you can see the Denver skyline and it's like Mount Carbon isn't even a real mountain. It's just where they piled the dirt after they dug the reservoir. (laughs) (laughs) The Denver skyline, I mean, just doesn't do it for me. Like, so I was looking for. Would you be running it? Would you be running at night to see the skyline? Like, you know, the lights and everything or no? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't, I think you would be timed okay. out if you were still on the bear chase course at night. Well, unless you were doing, they have a hundred K there too. So you might, might oh. see that. But, um, yeah, so the North Fork 50 is like more of a real mountain 50 miler. Um, it had 7,500 feet of elevation gain. Uh, it, it was at a higher altitude. It started around like 8,000 feet, I think. Um, and it was on a more rugged trail. So it was, I was interested in trying to attempt all of these things. Um, but it was also, you know, from the website, it was kind of like, yes, this is a mountain 50 miler, but of the mountain 50 milers in Colorado, you know, it's one of the tamer ones. So I was thinking like, it was kind of pushing my limits or going a step beyond what I'd done before but not like a huge leap beyond what I've done before so thinking you know it was kind of kind of a good thing for me to try so yeah Mm -hmm. that was why I wanted to do it Mm -hmm. and it's near where is it at pine 
it's Colorado? It's like Pine, which is kind of far away from everything. I don't know. It's like, it's like uh, west of Denver, west of Colorado Springs area, like in the mountains. I didn't have internet while I was there, so. How was the weather? Uh, hot. So that's one thing. They actually oh. moved the race uh, up by two weeks or something because they previously had it towards the end of June and people were just like dropping from the heat because it's so hot. It's in an area where there's been a lot of logging. So that's the thing. Um, mm. It's a lot of or parts of the course are extremely exposed and you're at 8,000 feet elevation, sun beating down on you. So heat is a definite concern with that race. So they moved it up by a couple of weeks to try to avoid the worst of that, I think. So. And you yeah. said it wasn't a looped course. So how was the course oh, situated? Yeah, it was not a loop. That was another reason why I wanted to run it because I do tend to gravitate towards the loops. I like the loops. The loops give me security because <laughs> then I'm like, I'm not running 50 miles. I'm running 12 and a half miles. And then I get back to my own stuff, my own drop bag something is bothering me or chafing me or whatever, I can take care of it. Um, this race was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't a loop. There were like kind of several loops that you did, but you didn't ever repeat any of them. But there was one aid station where you visited three times. Um, so it was nice. Rob and Will just could head there and spend most of the day there. And then after they saw me the last time there, they just went to the finish line. So they, it was nice for that reason, too. Like, they weren't going to have to be driving around and trying to find me or or anything like that. So, yeah. So what were you what were you feeling going into the race? Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? Um, so this was like, okay, so with this race, I knew what I needed to do for training was really work on hills, elevation gain. Like I know 7,500 feet of elevation gain probably doesn't sound like a lot to most ultra runners. Um, but for me, that was the most I had ever attempted. And so I knew I really needed to work on being able to run hills and being able to run more technical trails. Um, and I thought when I signed up, like, this is one of these races that sells out really quickly. So you had to sign up like uh, January 4th or something. I mean, I was still in, like, I had just finished across the years. I was still like completely out of it when this registration went on and I signed up for it. And I'm like, I have all this time to train, right? <laughs> well, mm -hmm. I forgot in Colorado, we have winter. <laughs> <laughs> And, no. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really started training for it, like, just days after finishing across the years. I recovered from that really well, and very early in January was was pretty much running. Again, um, I didn't, you know, we had, we had a lot of snowstorms and stuff that really prevented me from running on the trails and the hills like I envisioned myself doing. Um... So that kind of was making me a little bit nervous. And I did end up with the injury in like late February, early March that took me out. And then um, recovered from that pretty well. But, but then I started really ramping up the hills probably much too quickly. And I think because I was just getting nervous because time was running out. And I was like, you know, I need to really start working on this. Um, and I did, I had some kind of like hamstring sciatic injury in like April or something like this. And so I went to Rocky Mountain Rossiter, which is you can only go to if you live in Fort Collins, but they are fantastic people who fix you up very well from running injuries. And they got me, I mean, I never really took time off of running from that injury I was still managing like 50 mile weeks. I just couldn't run hills. It really aggravated my sciatic nerve to run hills. So I was doing distance, but not hills at that time. And so really like in May, I, I started pushing the hills even more and I did the best that I could. I mean, I felt 
fairly confident going into the race because I knew I had done the best I could in terms of hill training. I did like one week that had almost 9,000 of vertical, I think, and like 70 miles, which was a lot for me. Um, wow. and 70 miles in one week? Yeah. Because I wow. did, but I don't like, it depends on how you count it because it just, that's how my long runs ended up. I did a long run on a Sunday and then I did my following long run on a Friday. Mm. So yeah. I had like two runs that were over 20 miles within six days of each other. Normally I start my week over, you know, whenever I do my long run or long runs or whatever, and then start over. So it was like, depending on how you counted it, but still within six days I ran yeah, like 73 miles or something, and I think 9,000 of vertical. So I felt like that was, you know, that was better than I That's thought. That's a lot. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I held up really well from that. Like, I felt okay. Um, and so that gave me kind of some peace of mind. Um, that last really tough run that had, I think, something like four, almost 5,000 of vertical, um, I did okay on that run, but I f started feeling really bad towards the end because it was hot. Um, and I was not doing a good job anymore of eating and drinking by the end of that. And so I did start getting nervous. Like I ran something like 24 miles that day and I was nervous about, wow, I have to double that distance in two weeks because I like a two week taper <laughs> mm. what I give myself. And I was, I was a little bit nervous about that, but in some ways I also didn't feel a whole lot of pressure with this race because it is out of my comfort zone quite a bit. Like I knew this wasn't going to be a fast race for me. I knew this was going to be a personal worst for me in terms of the time it took me to finish it. So I wasn't there to like finish within a certain time. I was just there to see if I could finish it and have a good time. Um, so I think like having that pressure off of me made uh, it you know it was it, it was what it yeah. was like I was just gonna go there and have fun and see what it was like to run more of a real mountain trail race so there was that and it was really nice because honestly I went into that race not injured which I've been nice. battling injuries for like two and a half years almost every ultra I show up at like there's something nagging something like I can't quite shake that's I'm at the start line thinking I should not be running today, yet here I am. But with North Fork 50, I was like, I feel good. I'm not injured, you know? I think that's a good, good. thing. <laughs> that's a great thing. That was. Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk about the drop bag situation because something happened. Um, I guess it was the day before um, hearing about cliff bars. Oh, right. I was just checking the news and there yeah, was then. like uh, some notification that Cliff Bar had voluntarily recalled two of their flavors. And those happened to be the two flavors that I can eat while I'm running. So <laughs> it was like, there's... and you trained with these. Right? I did. Yeah. And I had actually, we had been camping the week before that and we take Cliff Bars with us and stuff when we're camping. And I had a box of these and I had eaten, I think two of them that weekend. <laughs> I'm like, great. I just ate possibly listeria contaminated cliff bars and now I'm going to go run 50 miles. <laughs> so I took all those cliff bars out of my bag <laughs> and went to plan B, which was eat something else. Now, were they indeed the same cliff bars that were like the, the lot number and the date? Yes, they were the exact one. So what's the oh incubation oh. period for listeria? Could I still get it? What did we say? It was about either a few days to like up to like a month. Okay. So it, I could, think it, was. it could still be looming in my future. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's there's been any reports. I don't think so either. And I haven't so, I haven't yeah. seen anything else about it. I think it was just like I think it was Cliff Bar being overly cautious because they obviously don't want anyone to get no. sick, but no. So, so what did you do? What um, did you have? So I'm a big fan of trail butter. Have you guys ever used this? I have not. I think it's I a, haven't either. The company that makes it is in Portland, I think. And it's, it is delicious. I mean, it's basically like peanut butter. 
but so much more delicious because it's a bunch of different kinds mm. of nuts. And it's like kind of sweet, but kind of salty. And I really can't handle sweet stuff when I'm running, like the gels yeah. and stuff. And so this stuff works really well for me. And it's, it's like um, you can buy it in what looks like a gel packet, you know, but it's 200 mm -hmm. calories, whereas most gels are 100 calories. And I, I mean, it's got a lot of fat in it because it's nut butter. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I think fat works better for me when I run. Like, I think I'm somehow, because I don't mm -hmm. eat a lot when I run, I think my body has learned to burn fat instead of carbohydrates. So that seems to work really well for me. I ate that um, across the years was the first ultra where I ate that. But it's nice because it tastes good. And so I can just throw down 200 calories of that. Whereas if I'm struggling with a gel, I mean, I'd be lucky to get like 10 calories of it down before I throw it away because it's so disgusting. So I eat a lot more of that when I run. So what was your nutrition plan like for for the race? Like, did you eat every at every aid station, every couple miles? Um, so my plan was I needed to really make sure I stayed hydrated and stayed on top of my electrolytes because even though they had moved the race up for two weeks to try to avoid the heat, it was still going to be hot. And I had thought like, oh, whatever, I'm good at running in the heat. I run in the heat all the time, which is true. But on June 4th, I had not been accustomed to running in the heat because it had been like, mm. we still were getting snow in May. So I was not heat trained and I knew hydration was going to be really important. So I run with, I wear the Jenny vest. If you guys know that vest, it has like a, you know, you put a reservoir in the back and then it has these two 10 ounce bottles on the front. And mm. so my plan was I was going to have, uh, start with those 10 ounce bottles with half an, a noon tablet, that electrolyte drink that's kind of fizzy. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to break them in half because they're for, I think it's for 20 ounces. So whatever, like you put one in each of those 10 ounce bottles. And my plan was to like drink that right away and then refill with water at every aid station and drop another tablet in and then drink that. And so I actually kept up with that pretty well. I mean, I did that for 30 some miles. I was able to do that and eating the trail butters. I probably had maybe, I don't know if I had three or four of those. Um, and then having like some, I'd grab something at every aid station. Um, so I, it was like one of the only times I've ever had a plan and it kind of worked at least <laughs> 38 miles. 30. So what happened to the last 12? Um, it got very hard, <laughs> very hot. <laughs> and I did not want to eat or drink anything anymore. But what, ha what happened? Um, you know, I think, so I've been doing pretty good. I think up until then, that was a moment where it was just really hot and we left this aid station and there was an uphill in a very exposed area. I mean, it was like all of a sudden, instead of running in the mountains, there's like cacti and <laughs> no cover and it's just the, no clouds in the sky and the sun beating down on you. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I'm done eating and drinking. <laughs> this is. Was that the low point? That, yeah, that probably was a low point, um, leaving that aid station. What happened with one of the aid stations? Um, I think it was the Rolling Creek one. I'm not sure where that was. 30, uh, about 32 miles, is that where? And 27. You couldn't find, 27, you couldn't find the trail? Oh, wow, you like, you know more about this race than I do. I'm forgetting all the details. <laughs> <laughs> Lost them out of my mind. So what, what happened? Yeah, so this was, I, I have to say, the the race director, her name is Janice, and I, I think she does this on her own. I, I don't know. She is fantastic. And this is the most organized race I have ever run. Like, she is so great. Um, and the course was super well marked. There was one point, so th there's this aid station called the Meadows, which we hit three times. 
And one of the times that we left the meadows, I think it was the second time, um, we left to go run on the Colorado Trail. Um, it was like five miles out to the next aid station. And then you just turn around and come back. And like as you're coming back to the Meadows aid station, there was like a logging road or fire road or park service road or something you had to cross. And when I was crossing that road on the way back, I couldn't find the flags to get back on the trail, which is stupid because it was an out and back. I mean, I had run that way on the way out. I think I, I was just like tired and not paying attention. It wasn't the fault of the race organization at all, but there actually were a couple of people who did get lost there. I think the guy who had been in the lead at the 50 for the 50 mile race got lost and he ran like several bonus miles. Um, but oh, luckily I was just kind of standing there like disoriented thinking. And she, the race, the, the race was great. Cause she, I mean, there's a lot of trails out there and whenever or many times when you'd come to a trail intersection, she would mark it with flagging tape that was like, had black X's on it and then put a sign up that said, do not take this trail. <laughs> like, you know, you're supposed to stay on the trail where you are, don't veer off on this other trail. And so when I was trying to, when I was crossing that road on the way back, I could see the flagging tape on the trail where I wasn't supposed to go, but I couldn't see the flagging tape on the trail where I was supposed to go. So I was just kind of standing there forlorn, like, I know it's right here. I just came this way 10 miles ago or whatever. And so finally there were some people uh, who had been behind me and they caught up by that point and they're like, over here, over here. <laughs> So I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. So then I kind of caught up with them. And like, obviously I saw the flagging tape, you know, as soon as they pointed it out, I could see it, it was there. It wasn't like the course wasn't marked. It's just, I didn't see it. So, but that like, honestly, that kind of threw me because mm -hmm. I, it wasn't the kind of course where I felt like I had to navigate or really pay attention to where I was because, you know, just follow the tape or whatever if felt pretty well marked but after that I mean by that point the course was really sparse and I was you know you're mostly running by yourself and then I was constantly second guessing myself like am I on the right trail I haven't seen a flag for a while because it wasn't I mean there weren't a ton of flags like she would put flags at intersections but if you were just running straight on the trail it's not like she had a marker every 10 feet or something <laughs> So I do remember, like, there were some times where I just felt nervous, like, am I on the right trail? I'm completely alone. What, you know, what happened back there at that aid station when I somehow couldn't find the markers? Have I veered off the trail again? <laughs> um, but I hate feeling like that because I felt like that during races. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought of you. Oh. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I thought of you because was it Miwok or the one you had run before that where there was some like intersection or some turn, Christina, where like you, you weren't sure which way to go and didn't know what to do or something like that? Yeah. Well, one of them, they had the, the extra ribbon, the extra ribbon going on both sides. Bonus and ribbon. And then the other one, <laughs> the bonus. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, there was that intersection with like the H and you had to, I had to look at the instructions in order to know which one or where to go because there was no ribbon. Yeah, that's a scary feeling. And I think it was just more kind of mental because when I got back to that aid station, I just felt like a little bit defeated because, it, well, at first I was nervous. I had somehow cut the course or like, how did I not, you know, get, how did I get off the yeah. trail somehow? And I looked at my GPS and it was a little bit over what it was supposed to be at that aid station. So I knew at the very least I hadn't cut the course. Like it's possible I added a quarter of a mile as I was kind of going up and down looking for the trail. Or it's possible also like that's within the range of error within my GPS. So I didn't go any farther, but it just kind of shook me. And I wasn't thinking very well at that aid station. And that was the last time I was going to see Rob. And Will oh. was like at mile 32 or something. Um, and I just like, Rob was like, you know, what do you need? And I just couldn't even think. And I, up yeah. until that point, I'd been pretty good at, I mean, one of my things is I don't like to waste a lot of time at aid stations because that can be 
you know, that can kind of suck you in. And I would get into an aid station. I mean, I'd have my my bottles out. I'd be handing them to Rob or to the volunteer, whoever was there. You know, they'd fill them up. I'd grab whatever I need. I'd grab something from my drop bag and try to get out of there. And at that aid station, I was just like, I don't even know <laughs> what I need. I was just like, Rob, tell me what to do. <laughs> I was just thinking that because sometimes you're just, your mind is so out of it. Like you just, and then, you know, you get people just asking you, okay, what do you need? What do you need? And you're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I need. <laughs> I, I need yeah. to stop running, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what was, do you think I need? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I was. And I should add, um, the aid stations were fantastic. The volunteers were amazing. A lot of the people who are volunteering were earning hours for Hard Rock. Because Hard Rock is one of the races where you have to, you know, put in a certain number of hours volunteering. And so a lot of the aid stations are being staffed by people who are running Hard Rock. So they really knew their stuff. Um, they so were is very... Hard Rock held near there? Um, not really no. near. <laughs> it's like on the other side. Oh, no. But I think like anybody who lives in kind of the Denver or front range area who's running hard rock, that would be a good race for them to get to and volunteer and earn their hours. So that was okay. a huge asset because they really knew what they were doing. And like at that aid station where I didn't know what I needed or wanted, they were like, okay, here, you need this. And this guy at this aid station, I, I just, I asked him, so are you running hard rock? He's like, yeah. I said, is it your first time? And he said, well, it's my 10th time. <laughs> so it's like, okay, these people know what they're doing. Awesome. I'm just going to have you tell me what to do. But so I, I want to know, how did you know that that man was ninth on the hard rock wait list? Oh, okay. So sometime after this point, um, I was continuing to run and I came across a guy who was really struggling um, in an uphill section. And Okay, so with this race, there were a lot of uphill sections, different mm -hmm. than other races I've run. I mean, it would be like three miles straight up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I say oh, an uphill yeah. section, it's, you know, not a little hill. It's Long three miles. Climbs. So yeah. this guy was um, struggling on an uphill, and he had been fighting nausea and vomiting. Um, and we just started talking, and... You know, I I, kind of, I was still doing okay on the uphills and I passed him, but he caught up back to me on the downhill descent and we ran together for a while and we were just chatting. And yeah, he, he told me he was, I asked him like, you know, what, if he had other races coming up or something. And he said he was ninth on the wait list for Hard Rock, which is, I, I think it would be kind of stressful because you have to keep training for Hard Rock, which Hard Rock is... Yeah. <laughs> That's like the Hard. most hardcore race you can be in. Yeah. So you have to like really train for it. But when you're on the wait list, you don't know if you're really going to get in. So you could be doing this all for nothing kind of thing. So that's yeah, fun. he he told me. That's how I knew um, this guy. And it turned out that I didn't know this at the time because he was so humble and didn't tell me who he was. But it's it was Sherpa John, which people might have heard yeah. of. He's like a very, you know... Um, prominent ultra runner um so he was using She's the one that organizes the suffer fest out here oh you're right yeah the human potential running yeah. yeah yeah he's the human potential running guy yeah yeah and he was i mean he was struggling but like not um not negative about it and he and i got into some aid station together and it was like, you know, yeah, he was going to sit there and have some potato chips and recover and then get back out there kind of thing. I mean, it wasn't like a doom and gloom kind of thing. It was just like, yep, today is a rough day. <laughs> going to get back out there. So that was really cool. Uh, um, he looks pretty young. Yeah, I think he I think he is. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's pretty young. He's, what, 30s? something everybody seems young Maybe. to me these days so <laughs> <laughs> so i just had a 
birthday. So oh. I don't even don't even go there. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yes, that was your birthday weekend, well, wasn't it, Angela? That race. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was stalking you quite a bit. I was mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't track any runners or anything. I was but, gonna say, what, did know, it have I any was... updates or anything? Because I, I didn't even have no. cell phone out there. So which is funny because when I did that training run out there, I had, I had great service out there. Did so you really? I, when you were, yeah, no. Rob and I, neither, I, yeah, it, Rob and I have different carriers, but neither of us had any self-service. Like once we got in, into Pine in that area that we had no cell service. So I couldn't even, I don't think I could even send like a text to my mom to tell her that I was finished until the next day. We're practically back in Denver. Yeah. So I was, sorry, Angela, I was thinking um, of your training run out there, and I can't remember what part of the course it was that you ran when you were out there. So I ran, and I don't remember in which order, but because um, I'd marked them on my map. Yeah. So I ran from that 32-mile aid station at the Meadows, uh -huh. um, ran up. Ran from there to Buffalo Creek at 42.3 was okay was part of it and then I ran um I want to say then I ran the section from then Buffalo Creek back up Meadows that Colorado Trail section wherever I know we ran up the Colorado Trail um and wherever and it doesn't show on this map but wherever Old Baldy is we climbed up we ran up Old Baldy okay that was some of my darkest hours <laughs> yeah and it's like where all the rock formations are and it's kind of yeah That's, is that the that part section. is that the part where it's like super exposed uh no oh then that's no. not what i'm thinking of that yeah that part was kind of wooded um yeah so i'm wondering if maybe that's the same because i was trying to figure out where you were at but i mean there's a couple of big hills there that I didn't climb when I was out there, but I know there's that one section. Is it heading into heading into Buffalo Creek? Maybe that is completely open and exposed. And we maybe ran it the opposite way or okay. something. I don't remember, yeah. but um, but because there had been the fire there. Yeah. I don't know, 10, 15 years, 20 years ago or something and just burned all that down. So yeah, uh, that's why it's so exposed compared to everything else. Yeah, it all is kind of blending in my mind about <laughs> what it was. But the yeah. only part of the course I had run, because we went out there in November, because I had no idea what the mm -hmm. course was really like and if I was going to be able to run it. So I wanted to see it before signing up. And even in November, there was already snow there, so it was kind of hard to see, but I ran the Green Mountain Loop. So from this Meadows kind of central point, one of the loops we did was a six-mile Green Mountain Loop, which is three miles straight up and three miles down. And when I ran, it was supposed to be like one of the hardest parts of the course. And when I ran that back in November, I was like, okay, this is not actually that hard. And if that's what people are saying is the hardest part, then okay, I can probably do that. Okay. Um, it felt a lot different <laughs> in the context of a 50-mile race. Yeah. And I was like, sure. wow, I don't remember being this hard back then. <laughs> um, so, But that, the trails up there are nice because I mean, you said one of the things you were kind of you know, worried about was it being a rugged trail and whatnot, but the, and, and I, of course, I only ran part of the trail on that training run, but I, I thought all the trails up there were pretty sweet. I would not say all of the trails up there are pretty sweet. And certainly some of them no. were smooth and like super comfortable. There were definitely places where I was really glad I had my ultra lone peak 2.5s with super good outsoles on them i mean none of it was anything that i felt uncomfortable <laughs> with um outsoles yeah the outsoles um and i'm i'm like yeah I, I struggle a lot with with technical trails some of it was i felt a little bit rugged but it was definitely well within my capabilities uh but yeah there were parts of it that were a bit rough i would say not all of it though 
the parts of it. Well, congratulations, Melissa. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> it was like, there were probably only about 10 people who finished after me kind of race. It was, uh, I was not a front runner this time. Hey, it doesn't for matter. Sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. It was pretty tough for me. And um, yeah, I don't know. I did kind of go into a dark patch. I don't know if it was this the section you had run, Angela, but it was an uphill that was completely exposed, probably like 38 miles into the race or something. And, or maybe it was like 42 miles. I, I really thought I wasn't going to be able to start running again. But Sherpa John and I had done the math and we're like, okay, there's enough time. We can walk it in if we have to. And I really thought I was going to be walking the whole way. But I didn't care. I knew I was going to finish. I didn't, like, panic. But it was a, it was a pretty dark spot. Um, I ended up working my way out of it, which was amazing. But I had not thought that I was going to get out of that dark patch. But I did. Thankful. You did. Thankful too. You lived to it. Oh, yeah. The, I think the reason why I got out of the dark patch was because uh, I I finally like got to this aid station. I hadn't eaten or drank in a while, and I just really wanted Coke. I thought I needed caffeine. I needed something to kind of perk me back up, and they were out of Coke because this is what happens when you're in the back of the pack. They run out of stuff at aid stations, right? So I asked the guy. I was kind of joking. I was like, do you have anything that's kind of like Coke? He's like, well, we've got beer. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had beer during an ultra before, but at that point, like, it wasn't going to get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy is a hard rock runner. And he was like, you know what? It's helped me get out of bad patches before that carbonation might kind of settle your stomach because my stomach was just a mess. I was I was definitely fighting nausea a lot and I, I So knew... it was a mess before the beer? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I was like I was really nauseous and not able to eat or drink anything. Um mm. so are you guys both still there? Yes. Is Angela there? Um I think we might have lost Angela. No. How do we get her back? Um <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she left Hold in on. disgust. <laughs> all right, all right. Hang on, people. Hang on. <laughs> we lost one. Technical difficulties. Stand by. Are we all back? Yes. <laughs> what happened? Still here. Should I edit this part out or are we keeping it? No, keep it. Blooper reel. It happens. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're I want to know. Yeah, I'll get to listen to it and find out what you guys were oh. talking about while I dropped off. <laughs> well, we were talking about beer, actually, because uh, this guy, so this guy at the aid station, I was feeling really sick. I was about to throw up. I needed something. And he's he said, uh, he's like, well, he said he thought beer might help. And he said, well, I've got Coors Light and then some crappy kind of beer. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Course light is not the crappy kind of beer. And I just said, I'm from Fort Collins. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> I think he opened beer like, I, know, I think he opened what was his own personal cooler. And he had like all these amazing beers in there. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm probably gonna throw it up. So let's just go with the course light. <laughs> That's what people drink during the beer mile, isn't it? Like, it's the kind of beer you're supposed to throw up. So uh, so he poured me some Coors Light. And I, I, I had asked, too. This was four miles from the end. And for some reason, I was, I was wearing Rob's GPS because mine I didn't think was going to last as long as the race would take me and Rob's would. So I wasn't completely used to what his GPS thing looked like. And I could have sworn... Like it was, it was kind of telling me my elevation gain. And so I knew there was 7,500 feet of gain in this course. And I thought it said I had only gone 6,500 feet at this point. And there was four miles left. And I was like, oh my God, I have a thousand feet of gain to go in these next four miles. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But the guy at the aid station said, 
no, you, you've done all the gain. It's all downhill. It's four miles downhill and it's not technical. I was like, for real? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he gave me the beer. I drank some beer. I popped some caffeinated run gum, which I took at across, nice. across the years too. I just like, I don't, something about caffeine. Like I was in a negative mm -hmm. space and just something about caffeine was going to perk me up. And so, yeah, that was a really fun last four miles of the race because it was all downhill. It wasn't perfectly smooth, but the Coors Light did not inhibit me from being able to run it. Um, and it was, it was really nice to finish downhill. I was so glad I didn't have another thousand feet of gain. I must've looked at the watch wrong or something, but yeah, very glad to finally finish that race. You did so Good. awesome. Oh, thank you. You did. So very, very proud. I'm very yeah. proud. Uh, well, very you proud. guys, whether you know it or not, you were both with me every step of the way. I wasn't, I was, had in my mind, I was dedicating this race to you both, but I wasn't going to tell you that beforehand in case it went terribly, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> terribly wrong. And you were like, I don't want this. <laughs> But uh... so what did you get at the end when you crossed the finish line? Oh, I, I got a, a pottery, really nice like bowl that said North Fork 50 finisher and uh, a glass that I was actually the third place woman in my age group there. I, wow. think, I think there were three women competing in my age group. So <laughs> 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 technically that was last place, but Hey, I got a really nice glass out of it. And um, yeah, it was the race director herself handing it to me. And she was so organized. I mean, the way it was, you're kind of like coming down this hill. And so they could see, you know, who was coming and they could see my, they must've been able to see my bib number. And so she, she when I was, crossing the finish line like she called me by name or maybe I was like the only woman left on the course so by process of elimination <laughs> she had must to be you it had to be me <laughs> but I don't know like I did have I think I've recovered enough from it now that I'm not feeling so bad about it but immediately like after that race and during my dark parts of that race I, all I was thinking about was Havelina 100, and I'm like, oh, my God, there is no way. <laughs> I am I am not doing this. Um, so I, I told myself, okay, take one race at a time. you got to finish this one first before you can start worrying about Havelina 100. Uh, and, and Rob kind of tried to calm me down because I, I was I was thinking about that, uh, that evening after I finished and he was like well you know beginning of the season races that are in the heat are a lot different than end of the season races that are in the heat because by the end of the season you're used to running in the heat you've been running in it yeah. all the time so you know it's not gonna feel yeah. as hard as it did today but I like at this point I am kind of looking at it as a success like hey I finished this race in the heat that was technical and I didn't throw up but at the time when I finished I was like I can't count that as a success because I felt so terrible and I was so close to throwing up. Like if that race had been any longer than that, I would have been throwing up. Um, so I don't know. Feeling it was of, a success. By it the, was a success. By the skin yeah. of my teeth, success. And I felt like as soon as I finished, I think the first thing I said was, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was kind of, I mean, it was a small race. And so just briefly, the other major thing that's happened in our lives is that we have bought an RV. We are campers now and we just it's a really cute little RV. It yeah, is, that it is a nice. sweet yeah. ride. Um, but I do credit, you know, Rob and Will and the volunteers, their fantastic job taking care of me as well as the RV for getting me through this without puking because, um, you know, as soon as I finished the race, Rob was parked right there with the RV. Like we didn't stick around. They got me into the RV, got me showered, like got me laid down in the bed, got the air conditioning on for me. And Rob was fixing vegetable broth, which I know sounds kind of weird, but that is the thing. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I it was like salt I needed, like nothing sweet. And I, I couldn't eat anything and I hadn't eaten 
like calories in quite a long time, like 12 miles probably, and then finished the race oh. and I couldn't eat. I was very, very sick, uh, feeling sick. I wasn't vomiting, but feeling very nauseous. So Rob got me this vegetable broth and then Rob and Will were exhausted. They've been up since like five in the morning out in the heat. And so they went to bed and I'm like kind of huddled up there taking tiny little sips of this vegetable broth. Um, and I had a pretty rough night. I didn't throw up, but I felt pretty sick. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm not gonna really congratulate myself for finishing this race without throwing up and think, oh, hey, Javelina's gonna be no problem. Like, it's, it was very close. <laughs> and it makes me nervous. Well, Javelina will probably present its own set of problems once we get there. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> problems do not go away. It's just how we handle them that's different. Exactly. And yeah, I felt like I learned a lot during this race. Um, I felt like I did do a much better job of taking care of myself uh, during this race than I ever have done before in a 50 miler. And that meant I finished it two and a half hours slower than my 50 mile PR, whatever that means. But like the outcome was so much better. I mean, I didn't throw up 24 times after the race. <laughs> like, oh. I have done in previous races. <laughs> so, <laughs> success. Success. Yeah. Definitely. You did great. Oh, thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. I could not have done it without you two and your support. And I felt, I felt it all. And I met uh, Tim. I don't know if he listens to our show, but he follows us on... Uh, on Twitter, he was running the race. I met yeah. him, gave him a high five. We were both, we were like, uh, it was in this kind of out and back section we met. Um, and I was, or he was going out and I was coming back or something like that. Anyway, we high fived. <laughs> I like, I actually recognized nice. him from his Twitter profile, but I couldn't remember his name. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so got to see him. Um, and it was nice. That's cool. Good. Very good. Well, I was having serious, I was having some pretty bad FOMO that day, um, you know, because I thought I, sh you know, I was doubting my decision whether or not I should have yeah. bailed out on it or not. And, but knowing what kind of runner you are and knowing what kind of runner Tim is, I, I and, and that sounds it sounds terrible, you know, because, but I'm, I know I made the right decision because you two yeah. are much stronger runners than oh, I am. I don't know about and that. And he came in almost at 14 hours. Did he? You know, I mean, I just don't, I don't think, I, I don't think I would have made it. I wasn't trained to make it at that. And knowing, and if you were running that kind of mileage before then, yeah. So, <laughs> I, well, know. yeah, I was. I mean, I was thinking of you two and thinking, I hope that you felt comfortable with your decision not to run it. And that I also thought that was probably a really good decision because you were kind of injured, right? And because of these kind of nagging injuries and, you know, workload and stuff, you didn't feel as confident in your training. And I felt like I was so glad I had gotten every scrap of training that I got and I definitely needed every scrap of that training to get through the run. So if you yeah. felt like you weren't as prepared as you needed to be, um, that was probably a very wise choice. And that was the thing, like the, the race website, I mean, I didn't, I don't know that, I don't know, the race website and people I talked to, I felt like kind of played down the race as, oh yeah, North Fork, it's just this little race. I used it to train for the bear. Like everyone kind of just, right. and I was like, you know what? This race is a serious race. Like maybe it's just because I've never done a race with that kind of elevation gain before, but I think it's a serious race in of itself and needs to be taken seriously. Um, and I sure. know the, the website said something like, oh, it has such generous cutoff times. And I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't really call those cutoff times super generous because mm -hmm. I, there was a moment when I wasn't sure I was going to make it when, you know, I had 12 miles to go and I was starting to feel pretty bad. It's like, okay, do I, will I be able to walk it in? Will I make the cutoffs if I don't perk out of this? So 
Yeah. And I think it's hard to train for this race for anybody because you do have to do the bulk of your training in the winter when, yeah. you know, trails were closed, trails were under snow. Like it was really hard to scrap together those miles um, and especially to get any kind of heat training in. So I think it's hard for everybody. Yeah. 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 There was still snow up there. Yeah. There was still snow up there the day I went on that training run. I'll bet. When was that? So April, uh, April 23rd. Yeah. I wondered if there would be snow up there yeah. this time. Cause I know there are places in the mountains that there are, there is still snow, oh, yeah. snow, snow, snow. There was no snow. Oh yeah. <laughs> no snow <laughs> there right now. So I don't know. I think, I think I might do it again just to see if, yeah. if knowing what it's like and then being able to have more experience under my belt, if, you know, if it's something that I could do better at next time, but I don't know. We'll see. It was a good race. I mean, I definitely recommend it, Yeah, but take it seriously for sure. <laughs> yeah. nice. Well, I think you did great. Oh, yeah, thank you. And your race report was good too. I I <laughs> yeah. liked your race report. Well, I want I felt like I I wanted to write just as quickly as I could because there was so much stuff about it that I wanted to remember and just so much stuff that happened and like meeting Sherpa John. I mean, I had to write that before I forgot it. That was really cool. So <laughs> <laughs> He knows how to suffer. <laughs> I hope he gets into hard rock after all this. Well, very good. Well, congratulations again, Melissa. Oh, thank you, too. You had you had a great finish at North Fork 50. Well, I had a finish. So. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what matters. Great. Yes, that's so, what matters, and that's great. Yeah. Do you guys have anything coming up you want to mention before we sign off? I don't know what you guys have got going on. We, have, we haven't talked in forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We could probably discuss that off the air. Yeah, I'd like to hear about it. All right. <laughs> we'll save that for the blooper reel. We will. <laughs> the uptake episode. Okay, so I think that's the end of this one. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to me go on and on about this race. <laughs> and thank, nope. thanks, of course, Angela and Christina for all your support. I definitely felt every single good vibe that you two felt. I felt you with me, both of you, all day long. You got me through it. So thank you for that. Oh, anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to our listeners and for all of their support. You know, we all sincerely appreciate it. And um, I guess we'll be back soon for another exciting episode. You know it. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Till next time. Keep running. See ya.